Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. When a big old train came by. That was me, sorry. <laughs> that was me throwing my so I just voice. wanted to say hi. Sorry, only just say pop- hi with choo-choos now. Yeah, just pop it in. Yep. <laughs> just <laughs> Oh god. Um I told my kids this week about commercials that were that traumatized me as a kid for you know, hey, whatever. Um there's yeah, school's fake. Whatever. You know, you know commercials I still talk about in therapy. Um and I was telling them about the the Kool-Aid Man one, and yeah. a lot of them thought it was a joke. I was like, no, you don't understand. We oh lived that. <laughs> that was real. There was a, a genuine fear in me that someone was going to break down my not-bricked house uh, and just, like, <laughs> fuck it up a little bit. That wasn't something Family Guy invented. No! It was, <laughs> it was a real thing. No, I also had to explain to them that, like, back in my day, the Gushers commercials were also incredibly traumatizing. Yeah. Like, I was terrified that my head would do that. Right. Um, I was so scared. It felt like, it felt like a dare commercial, but with gushers. Yeah. Yeah, most of the commercials for products in, like, the 90s and, like, early 2000s seemed more cautionary than, like, incentivizing you to buy something. I always remember the, like, Nerf gun ones, and it was like, are you advertising? Are you pro or con this? I don't know. (laughs) You don't want your fucking neighbor Timmy to fuck your shit up, do you? You gotta defend yourself. Get a fucking Nerf gun. Alright, Jeremy, it's time that you finally defend yourself against Drew always stealing your video games. Yeah. Prepare yeah. for this Nerf gun. No one will ever take your Game Boy Color games ever again. Yeah. Oh my god. And that's a Nerf gun guarantee. <laughs> I always wanted one. That's the problem with being an only child, because I was like, what the fuck am I gonna do with a Nerf gun? Kill someone? Like, what? <laughs> I can't play this with myself. <laughs> yourself just like shooting it up in the air that was my whole <laughs> life like my parents never got me a water gun for that reason it was like a balloon fight with whom sorry with whom just it was like literally I remember so many parts of my childhood where like the back side of my house was concrete and I would always yeah. like hit a ball and like play it with myself what the fuck is that what kind of latchkey like, kid bullshit is that friends listen shut up <laughs> stop <laughs> Obviously, I had friends, Cody. Obviously. Just sometimes... I just liked playing hacky sack by myself, okay? Listen, sometimes a bitch just wants to play ball with ghosts, alright? It's not that big of a deal. Obviously, I had friends, you disrespectful fiend. So rude. I was called to the other side from a very young age. That's true. (laughs) Yep, that's true. Uh, I was playing dodgeball with the fucking Mothman. (laughs) What I would give. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> the fir- the image on the cover of my memoir is going to be me playing dodgeball with the Mothman. <laughs> like, yeah. And fucking you guys have, like, like the sweatbands going on and like shorts. Exactly. Very good. <sighs> fucking the cover. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. Oh yeah. Hi. Welcome to Hi. Into Twilight. 
where we, in an audio medium, play yeah. tetherball with cryptids. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. am I wrong? <laughs> no. I, I thought about it, and you're right. Were you, what was your favorite recess activity? Oh, boy. Were you a um, tetherball bitch? <laughs> you said that so, like, I don't know about tetherball bitches. Um, I mean, they I were, know, though. I yeah, I might have talked about it on the podcast, but I did, I was, I did help get Dodgeball banned from my entire elementary school. <laughs> Whoa, I don't remember <laughs> this. Because we um, decided that Dodgeballs themselves were not uh, hardcore enough, and so we started using other balls, including soccer balls, Fuck yeah. basketballs. Hell yeah! Um, and which was incredibly <laughs> harmful and bad yeah and that's so concussion that's cool. yeah it, absolutely and i'm sure people got fucked up i it was all just like a blades of glory thing for me i was oh just my really God. on the high you know hell yeah i feel that uh, yeah but then they were like no more dodgeball at any capacity we're like fair fair enough oh man yeah that's i mean that's it's a narc move but it's pretty badass it's a public safety concern i'd say that you finally I'm not going to say I was the one who, like, suggested it, but did I play along? Yes, absolutely. That's fair. That's fair. Listen, you got to do what you have to do. Elementary school politics are bullshit, so... Right, I'm trying to get some fucking street cred out here, you know what I mean? Like... (laughs) At least your street cred has has that public safety concern on there. My street cred was doing what I feared the most, which was dancing, because the clique I was in danced to one, two, step. As you do. <laughs> yes. You know, during lunch when you're just done with your fucking Doritos filled sandwich and you just live it up to one, two step on someone's fucking Zoom. Oh my God. Every, every time you tell me a story about you as a young, a young little ass, I have to imagine you in the whoopee cushion costume. <laughs> So just you yep. dancing your little heart out to one two step in and a was... cushion costume is the greatest picture my brain has ever <laughs> conceived of. <laughs> oh my god. Um here's what I'll say. All my other friends dancing, for sure. Me sure. <laughs> a very convincing step, I'd right. say. Very, Trying her best, for a, sure. A very convincing side by side sway. I'll say right, that. Yeah. A lot of sways. And also, like, a literal sway, you know? He did end up showing what once for our lunch. (laughs) He was a a token guest, I'll say that. Yeah, Yeah, I went to elementary school with sway. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) Friend of the pod. Sway. Sway. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I don't know how this happened, but uh, welcome, We're folks. Here, it's going to be a very stream of consciousness episode today, I can already tell. Yeah, baby. <sighs> Cody, how the hell are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. My mind is really just consumed with Keanu, you know? As as everyone's ought to be right it, now. It's, right, especially in this moment in time. Like, we're, Keanu's really coming full force now, and that's great. I'm very happy for him. Same. I agree. And I just, man... I still haven't seen any of the John Wick movies. I need to do that. Oh, man. Um, but I just, I, my boy, my dad, and also my son. 
And also my husband, personally. And also someone I'm very attracted to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very complicated relationship, I Keanu think. is the father, the son, and the holy fuck. <laughs> he is a true cryptid. If you really think about it for, like, a second. Yeah, like, if you squint, he's Slenderman. Like, that's just... <laughs> Like, people have been saying since the dawn of the internet that Keanu was a vampire. Yeah, for sure. He's got big vampire energy. He also has big something energy, I'll say that. You don't have to censor yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently now. Apparently now is the time I decide. Now you're shy. (laughs) You're like, "Mm." Shut up, I'm not shy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. Keanu, if you're listening. He, uh, did you see that interview that he posted where he's like, I'm just so lonely all the time. Ugh. No one will love me. And I was like, sorry, have you been on Twitter recently? <laughs> been on the internet. That's, see, that's what's great about him. He's probably, he just probably doesn't use the internet by choice, you know? That's true. Probably only during those, like, press junket things. Right. Yeah. It's come to my mind recently how fucked up press junkets are. And I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad about the process. I feel bad about everything performative about it. Anyways, while we're talking about media, real quick, just one quick shout out to what we do in the shadows. Um, Oh, yeah. I feel like at some point we'll do a bonus Jonas on this, but it's so fucking good. It's so nice to see vampires on TV. In their truest form. It's been form. so long. I it's, miss it, them. It truly has. Um, I miss their sweet embrace. And just the, the goddamn premise of it is beautiful and hilarious. Yeah. Um, and so if you haven't yet, I know that, like, on the outset I was a little like, eh. Because um, it looks odd. But I think you will all really like it. If you, li- God, if you stand this, you'll yeah. like something that's actually, like, produced. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have a couple of current events. Ow! Um, the first one is is something. I'll say that. <laughs> um, it's a it's a cinema blend piece about. I'm not going to cause uh, like tension here. I'm just waiting for this oh alone. Um, so E.L. James is back at it again. Yeah. Um, never left. Just always right. causing shit. She's here to cause beef, though. Start some beef. That's true. Um, she does mention in this interview, uh, well, not interview, but, like, a recap here by Jessica Rodden, um, that she had an awful time filming Fifty Shades of Grey, which kind of inspired her to write the books from Christian's side. Mm. And here's what I'll say. Can we stop? I know we contribute to this here on the podcast, but we can't, can we stop making E.L. James unhappy? Because if this is the bullshit that she thinks <sighs> is going to solve her pain, I don't, just leave her alone. <laughs> No. But it seems like her and the director at the time just, like, had some creative differences or something. Which is wild, because what? Yeah. Um, but it seems like the way that E.L. James coped with that was writing this little, like, I don't know, little bit to include in the Fifty Shades Freed book. And then everyone got so fucking horny for it that she felt like she needed to make a whole series from his point of view. Just leave her alone. Can we all just... Yeah. Just leave her alone. I'll say that. I don't get it. I don't want to know more. I just don't really want to see her writing anymore. Yeah, because really, if we keep pressing her, she'll just make perspectives from every character in every book. 
Now, a couple people that I would be interested in. The sure. security the, guard. Yes. Um, the housekeeper. Sure. So just like yeah. a, a dual, like, side-by-side perspective from them right, and their relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then definitely Kate. Like, what happened on that vacation? Yeah. That's all I want to know. So, those. Only those, though. That's what I'll say. Yeah. All right, this next thing, do you want to tell us about it? Which one are we doing? Are we doing you? Yes. What are we doing? Okay. I wish someone would do me. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So we got a you corner, baby. Welcome. That's um, actually relevant to what we're talking about in this episode. Yes. Because the whole cast for the next season of You has been confirmed. At least the main the main people. Which seems to already be more people than the first season. It does. I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we got a whole bunch of people up in here. Um, let's go down the list. We have, as we know, Love Quinn. Sure. Yep. <sighs> Who's the female lead. Yep. For the next series. Just the best name. Um, which, and apparently, her character's an aspiring chef. Um, and that's all we know. Great. We also have, all of these names are garbage. Yeah, they're Just all fake FYI. names. We have James Scully, who will be playing 40 Quinn. Uh, 40 Quinn! <laughs> <laughs> Why? I have so many questions. Who's Love's brother. Great. Who is described by this website as confident, opinionated, and privileged. Great. Can't go wrong, I'd say. Yep. Uh-huh. We have Mariel Scott, who looks so familiar, but I cannot pin her down. I Lady agree. Bird. Oh, Ladybird? Is that it? That- That's on the IMDb. Okay. That's probably it. I think she's in Ladybird. Okay, anyway. Uh, she plays Lucy, who is an edgy, chic, literary agent with a deadpan wit and a sense of humor about her own LA-ness, which, great. Great. Thank you. Thank if there's you one thing that. I really was missing from you is that there's too much New York. Sure. Yeah. Give me some just snarky LA people. We need yeah. that West Side. Yeah. Yep. West Coast, baby. Um, and as we've just, we've already talked about, Charlie Barnett from our great, great Netflix show, Russian Doll. Yep. Um, better, much better Netflix show, Russian Doll. It's, it's very important. Um, especially the photo that they chose for this is something. Yeah, the photo's great, because you just see, you know, everything. It's great. Um, and he's an acupuncturist. Sure. And loves best friend. I mean, that makes him seem like he's Cupid, which I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah, you know him. Not. You love him. He's oh, love's gosh. best friend, Cupid. Um, most of these are not... I don't care yet. Um, but I do want to point out that Crystalia will be there. Sure. And I hate it. Um, he plays, believe it or not, a famous comedian. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> In right. his most challenging role yet. <laughs> God damn it. Someone who does comedy. I mean, that is a pretty rough role, so I'll say that. Yeah. Um, the one that really struck me 
about this is right underneath that, um, uh-huh. Jenny Ortega, who yes. I needed to scroll her IMDb page while you were talking because I was like, who, why the fuck do I know who this is? Mm-hmm. Um, so she had quite a, a Disney come up, um, which I think is why I recognize her face. Um, yeah. Also in just like Iron Man 3, Rip, um, yeah. and stuff like that. But if I'm going to be honest, I feel like um, I unfortunately might know her from, I think it was Awesomeness TV is where I might have seen her face oh, a couple of years ago. But I did want to show really quickly, because she did grow up in the, the Disney era, um, I did add something to our notes really quick. Oh, no. Of... Oh, um, shit! <laughs> <laughs> when she was in Stuck in the Middle on Disney Channel. Um, it's very, like, J14-esque, which is, is a lot to handle. Yeah. Um, that smile is really something. That outfit. There's a lot going on here. I agree. Um, yeah. So, uh, when I was looking at dates for season two, it seems like July? Yeah. Maybe. Which is really coming up close, so... Yeah. Who knows, but... I mean, goddamn, that's all I'll say. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. For sure. Um, would you like to segue us into Fashion Corner? Hell yeah. Thank you. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, 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 boop. We're Buckle here. up. We're here. We're pulling up. You should have had your seatbelt already buckled because <laughs> we were in the car, but we have arrived. You can take them out now, actually. Because <laughs> we are in case two Fashion Corner. Yes. Um, hot, hot, pressing, breaking news. Case two, bleach your eyebrows. And goddamn, it's a look. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's, the fashion in here is powerful. She's wearing, there's another, like, angle of this picture that you sent that's, like, you, cause, like, she's wearing a button down, but, like, nothing underneath, so it's just, like, when, when people wear blazers with nothing underneath, it's that energy, just like, hey, my boobs are here. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to it's space. It's that vibe. She's got, her hair's grown out a little bit. They're still blonde, but there's, you know, some dark roots coming in. She's got a great eye makeup situation going it's on. It's honestly beautiful. It's potent, and I'm into it. And I've been, like, every time I'm like, hey, I should bleach my eyebrows again, I'm like, no, don't do that. And then fucking this shit happens, and I'm like, well. <laughs> well, maybe. It's the stars. I have to do it. Right. Yeah, it's honestly a beautiful look, too yeah. powerful, yeah. given a lot of Killing E vibes. I yeah. love it. Too fast, too furious. Honestly, um, that's probably the best thing you've ever said. Thank you. I <laughs> created welcome. it myself. Um, TM, TM, TM. <laughs> no one's ever said it before. No take backs. <laughs> no, it's mine. It's uh, all mine. Thank you, Casey, for being a true visionary. Yeah, You're great. always, every week. Um, the last thing that I have here... It's just a, a weird piece of Holly weird trivia. Um, and so it's been a while, I think, since we talked about our pets and, and who he's with now, who he's loving on, those kinds of things. Yeah, because um, he's been under a bit of a dry spell, it feels like. That's true. Because he's um, just been sad. <laughs> eternal sad boy. Yeah. Listen, when FKA just leaves... you. You gotta, you, you have a morning time of a long time. It's only appropriate, I'd say. Right. That's what he, she deserves, you know? Yep. So, he's been with Suki Waterhouse for, like, a hot minute now. 
And I did not realize until looking at this article here um, that Suki Waterhouse is someone that I know. Um, not like personally, that'd be funny. But she like dated Bradley Cooper, which connects our paths to the A Star is Born universe, which I wasn't expecting. But also, Suki Waterhouse is, or I guess I should say was, um, right. in Detective Pikachu. Yes. Yes, she was. What the fuck? <laughs> what? She was also in a movie with Hari Neff. That's wild. She was in Assassination Nation. Oh my god. Yeah. What? It's all coming together. I know. Everything's connected. <laughs> Everything. That's what I've been saying. Every... Oh my god. That's what I've been saying. Why won't anyone listen to me? Also, like, I can't believe she was dating... Like, she's so young. I know. That shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, she's... So she's... Bradley Cooper's an old man. (laughs) True. (laughs) So, Suki Waterhouse is two years my senior. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Bradley Cooper could be, like, my dad. Yeah. Not true. Or, like, maybe. Maybe you could fuck Bradley Cooper. (laughs) Yeah, or he's daddy. I don't... I don't know. But it's still a lot to handle. Yeah. I would say. Um, The fact that everyone... In Hollywood has basically fucked, if by proxy, is is a lot for me to personally yeah. handle. Okay, so we do have a question here. Ow! Um, it's from someone whose name I don't know because they don't pay us money. Um, yeah. The question, I don't know how to read. I don't know how to read either. Um, the question is, what are the odds of Beck installing Touch ID on her next phone? Ugh. Well... <laughs> um, a little late for that it feels like yeah i don't well one that but also how the series ends yikes um right that's what i'm saying oh okay i thought you were like she like, can't was already taken but yes no because she's dead ali <laughs> i remember i can <laughs> never forget um oh i think i mean i could easily forget i feel like that's um, i try i try yeah i feel like i don't know like just the 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 way that no one in this these series have any like password protection like two factor authentication like is bananas to me. How do you live your life like that? I agree. That how are you idea... always just you're gonna get hacked. That's just by breathing. That's it. <laughs> right. The idea of not having any of that really stresses me out. Right. Um... Like people really are out here with the password passwords. Oh, God. Like, like, genuinely. And I, that makes me so nervous. Like, I, I worry about people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't like it. And Beck is one of those people. And that's, it, you know, she died because of it. (laughs) Well, that's. (laughs) And also a lot of other things. But that was part of it. Yeah, I mean, if you really, like, if you really think about it, it was (laughs) definitely. it down. (laughs) It was definitely the, the security issue there. Yeah, the sure. phone stabbed her and not Joe. <laughs> yeah, the phone locked her in that glass cage. Yeah. Not Joe. No, no. God. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I hope the next uh, victim maybe uh, cares a little bit about their security or their yeah. privacy. Just like turned on their Find My iPhone and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Just sends the sound while Joe yeah. is like looking at her fucking email and just like it's like echolocation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's reading the signals in the air. Honestly, what I would give for you season two to just be one episode where Joe like sneaks away with love quit. 
loves the fucking phone. And she yeah. comes back to him and, like, kicks down his door and is like, can I have my fucking phone, please? Yeah. My monthly payment costs, like, $90 on this thing. Do you know how yeah. expensive iPhones are? Yeah. And just, like, goes into him. Or, like, Joe comes out and is like, hey, can I, can you just put your thumb on there real quick? Can I just, can I get your face real quick? Can I just? I just really need to disable that turn off feature to lock the screen. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, fuck, speaking of glass cages, should we just, like, fucking dive into it? Let's get into it. All right. Brother. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, chapters 9 and 10. Um, still consistent, I would say, with the TV show. Yeah. But, unfortunately, background information that I don't know I needed. Very boring. I also agree with that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's about time. Um, Agreed on something. Finally, for the first time in almost three years. (laughs) I was thinking about that. So our our show anniversary is in November. Like our show's birthday is in November. Um, Which means that like right now, our show is two and a half years old. Stop it. You stop it. What? You did this. Stop it. <laughs> That's true. You can't tell me to stop it when, when everyone, you're starting it. When everyone, you know, interviews me and is like, tell me more about the history of the podcast. I'll be like, well, it was all this great idea I had once. <laughs> um, I dreamed it and I was like, Cody, you need to get in here. In fact, you could call me. The home soda man of podcasts. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I couldn't think of a worse title for a person. I agree. The yeah. douchiest of titles. Um, Absolutely. So, I guess getting more of this behind the scenes story of yeah. Joe with Benji and like him trapping him in the bookstore was awful to read. Yep. Yeah. Especially because he's trying to, like, pretend that this bookstore is, like, an underground cafe. (laughs) As if that's... I mean, I'm sure those exist, but, like, that's not anything. It's a weird, uh, cover. It's like, um, there's a lot of books in here. What's up with that? (laughs) It's like, it's the new wave of architecture, interior design. It's a huge thing in Monaco. They're just, like, they can't get enough of these. (laughs) They just fucking love these fake books. Yeah, if you pour, if you take one of these books out, they're not real. There's no pages. It's just dust. That's no, but it. it's just how it's just how we store our coffee. We actually like the aged, kind of intellectual blend of it. I'd yeah. say, um, coffee grounds are harvested best uh, between spines. So that's a ew. little trick. That they do. <laughs> <laughs> Paper spines, but also yeah. literal spines. <laughs> Actual Let's... just bones. Listen, I know you CrossFit fucks love, like, your bone marrow, but oh I don't know that that's how you want your coffee to be. No. Also, no. fucking CrossFit fucks. Um, this is a weird episode. I agree. <laughs> some weird energy here. Um, I think it's because of the fact that I haven't been able to get over that Joe gave Benji Xanax, and he thought yeah. that's what would make him pass out. Right, obviously. Because uh, yeah. that's uh, how medication works. Yeah. Like, just, you know, do a little sleepy. Sleepy, sleepy. <laughs> like, he knows that Benji does drugs. And he's like, right. you know what will do it? It's a good old Xanax. <laughs> That'll get him to pass out. Yeah, he, like, when once he's passed out or whatever, he goes through his stuff. And he's like, 
He's got drugs. I don't even know what they are. It could be cocaine. It could be heroin. Who knows? What are the kids doing these days? Oh, my God. It's like, motherfucker, you drugged him. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? It, is this Ritalin or heroin? <laughs> Who can say? I don't. There's, ugh. I want to know who Joe's dealer is. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, Xanax, he probably just got a prescription on his own. But, like. Yeah. It's listen. just, he's probably just got some on hand, to be honest. That's fair. Uh, he probably finds it in his, like, bookshelves, to be fair. <laughs> There's a lot of things hiding in there. <laughs> There's always stuff in there. Um, yeah. So, as soon as Joe knocks out Benji, he does the thing where he did on in the TV show, sort of, mm-hmm. where he takes his phone, looks at all the photos, starts posting on Twitter to basically get a reaction out of right. Beck. Yeah. And then also as, like, a cover or whatever. Right. It's like, I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever question it. What I what I could imagine with this is that Beck is, he she sees this and then obviously sends this, like, very long email to Benji because it's 1998. And all I imagine is Joe standing there in the bookstore holding Benji's phone with his left hand and Beck's <laughs> phone with his right hand and just watching this correspondence occur. Yeah. And it very much felt like... As dorky and, like, embarrassing and gross and creepy as it's supposed to be, to me it felt very indicative of his social experience of, like, wanting to be in it but not knowing how to participate at at all. Right, for sure. It's just, like, the only way that I can do this is to, like, hurt people and and manufacture how they talk to each other. Right. I mean, this whole thing is, like, manipulation, right? Whether he understands it as that or not, it's, like, fundamentally the way that he processes, like, oh... It's like an A to B situation, right? He's right. Like, what is what is the easiest route for me to get back, right? And the obstacle in my way here is Benji, so I gotta fucking knock Benji the fuck out and make Beck see that Benji just doesn't never gave a fuck about her. Right. And then I'm and she'll realize that I'm here, but like he's doing this in like such a deliberate and he's orchestrating this rather than just actually ha- seeing life play out and this probably inevitably happening in some capacity. Right. Um. So he's just, yeah, holding two phones and just, like, texting his Benji and then reading Beck's emails and then getting emails from Beck, like, on his own phone. He's really got three phones in this race right now. Oh, like, yikes. He's just juggling emails over here. Yeah, it's... It's uh, exhausting. It's, it is. It is. It's exhausting, to say the least. What it reminded me of is, like, I feel like Joe would get a lot of satisfaction from, like, marionettes... Of, like, yeah. being the puppet stringer or whatever the fuck. Right, yeah. Because that, that's what it, his whole personality comes off as to me. If only he channeled all that energy into just a cool hobby. Yeah, or, like, empathy, maybe. Or, you know, okay, let's not... <laughs> come on, it's <laughs> baby steps, Alan. <laughs> all right, that's fair, that's fair. Maybe he can, you know, start, I don't know, rock climbing or some shit. Sure. You know, rock climbing yeah. in New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't sure have whatever. Um, so they got fake rocks in New York. <laughs> that's true. That's they got indoor true. rock climbing in New York. Hey, welcome to New York. We have indoor rocks. I know that you're so used to like actual mountains, but like you can't do rock climbing without them. <laughs> See, and that's fucking wild to me. <laughs> One of the things that struck me the most when I went to New York was like shit's flat, and like yes. is basically in the water. Yes. And I don't understand. Well, uh, like. I mean, I understand now when all the movies talk about, like, the this post-apocalyptic, like, 
disaster zone and New York is always the first to go because it's like two feet above the sea level. Yep. Um, can't relate. Can't relate. No. Anyways, um, this is so hi. Welcome to chapter nine. Um, we mm-hmm. finally hear Peach's name for the first time. It's been so long. <laughs> I miss her so much. I, I've been withdrawal. I'm in withdrawal for Peach. I agree. And um, I miss her. The true crime is that Peach was introduced on page 68. Yeah. It's fucked up. It is. So close. Like, if you were going to wait this long, like, just do the damn thing. I don't understand. Just give it to me. Come on. Anyways. um, So, Beck sent this, like, whole long email to Benji being like, I can't believe that you put these photos online, whatever. Um, And the way that Joe thinks it's appropriate to respond to all this, he's like, long story, be well, kid. So, great. Nothing like your fuckboy telling you to just, it just, like, calls you a kid, you know? Right. What's sport? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Super complicated. Talk later, bud. It's like, what the fuck? I guess, you know what? Wasn't all sport in The Great Gatsby basically just <laughs> Gatsby That's being true. like, all right, I know you want this to happen, but it's not going to happen, bud. <laughs> That's true. You're right. There's Listen. some sexual tension there. I mean, the green light? Are you kidding me? Come on. Alyssa, I, I fucking teach English. What are you saying? I know this. I know this stuff. Um, Come on. There's some tension there. That's, that's true. Something's um, going on here. <laughs> um, okay, so the end of this, um, Benji wakes up, and he's, like, in the cage, but he doesn't know he's in the cage yet. He's, like, mm. still waking up, and he's like, oh, my God, like, is this mahogany? This is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then, finally, he, like, opens the door to leave and realizes that he's, like, locked in a box. And it's like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> just like, I just want to talk to home sodas. <laughs> I got sodas to brew. <sighs> it's just awful. Especially because in, like, true Joe fashion, when Benji starts freaking out, understandably so, the way that Joe responds is like, Benji, you need to calm down. I don't understand why you're freaking out so much. Uh, You're being totally uncool right now. (laughs) You are overreacting. Benji, you're being hysterical right now. You just need to, like, chill. But you fucking chillax, okay? (laughs) I gave you a Xanax, for Christ's sake. Like, what the (laughs) fuck? Did I lock you in a glass cage? Do Am I just tauntingly carrying the key outside where you can see it? Maybe. Sure. Maybe. But you need to fucking chill out. You're just being overdramatic. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's how chapter 9 ends. Uh, chapter 10. Apparently it's been three days. Which I feel like is longer than it was in the TV show. It's hard to say. Yeah, I think it was a f- maybe a, f- a like two days maybe i think there was definitely at least it was longer than a day because i think he like regularly went back like every few hours and was like here's a sandwich or like whatever right what i do love is that so curtis the like high school age or whatever yes yep um doesn't have a key and so he's like oh yeah i definitely don't have to worry about locking a human being in the basement here (laughs) it's no no worries (laughs) it's the perfect crime it, that's me, a criminal. Super good criminal. Um, fight, he does realize, though, that, like, to keep with this bit, he has to 
take a train to New Haven and like get money out of Benji's ATM card um, because he's trying to like keep up with this narrative that he's trying to create. So mm-hmm. at least he understands that. But I feel like that's the only time where Joe's been like, okay, I know how to do crime a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, we do find out though that like an hour um, into the first day, Benji recognized who Joe was because he was in a cab and, like, they met before. And also that, like, he knows his name and he's like, hmm, um, I'm reminded of the fact that you know my name, which is an obvious complication going forward. (sighs) God damn it, Joe. You're just so bad at crime. You're bad at this. You're very bad at this. He does do the thing that he did in the TV show of, like, asking Benji his favorite books and then quizzing them on him. Yeah. Uh, which is such a Twitter dude thing to do. Yeah. It's like, name Joe is albums. a reply guy. That's so true. Yeah. He Okay, so here's what I'll say. I agree with that. I also think that he gives me incel vibes. Oh, yeah. Come on. So, yeah. he's like everything I hate about the internet, basically. Yeah, he, yeah he's just a beautiful cocktail of just the fucking bare bottom of humanity. Especially because he's having this, like, text thread with Beck, as himself, not as Benji, talking about, like, when they're gonna hang out tonight and stuff, and so he finally sends her this, like, be at this place at eight, and I don't want to talk to you anymore. And so she just responds with a a smiley face emoticon, and then Joe, of course, because this is some semblance of technology, (laughs) like, flips his lid and it's like, there's no fucking way I'm referring to a smiley face, and I can't anyway. And it's like, oh my god. Like, it's not, that's not even a bit. That is the actual quote. Like, it's for awful. real. There's no fucking way I can respond to an emoticon. What do you think I am? And also, like... Some chump? She, well, true. Um, <laughs> but, like, Beck wasn't probably trying to continue the conversation. That's basically her version of a thumbs up. So yeah. she wasn't looking for... Anyway, um... I also think it's interesting, um, in that same thread, uh, like, in that paragraph, he calls Benji princess, and, like, throughout this entire thing, he just uses, like, effeminate nicknames for him, like, he calls him a little pansy, he does a lot of stuff, and I'm like, what is, what is the actual bit here? Like, what are we... What are you trying to project here, Benji? I know he's got beautiful hair, but, like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. Joe. Joseph. Joe. Jo- Joseph? Joseph? Joseph, stop. Stop no. with everything that you're doing. Um, okay. He's using that language specifically because Benji divulges that he can't have, like, he has allergies to shit. Yeah. Right. Great. Um, it happens. Yeah. Uh, now, is Benji also a dick? Yes. Yes. But, like. Bad dude. But maybe <laughs> not. But, like, if he has... Because of his allergies. <laughs> yeah, it's not... He's on asshole because he can't eat peanuts. Like, yeah. it's not... That's not... <sighs> and it was from that moment on when I knew I couldn't eat peanuts <laughs> that would fuck up the world and make my stupid soda water. Well, and I think, like... So the reason why Joseph's being such an asshole about it is that he thinks, like, Benji only lies about stuff. Like, he's lying right. to Beck... He's lying about his business. He's lying about his favorite books. And so he, I think what he assumes is that, yeah. you know, he's, he's he has a preference mm-hmm. on his dietary needs, but they aren't actually allergies, which, as we know from the TV show, like, fucking kills him. Right. Yeah, well, and that was his mentality in the TV show, too, where he was like, oh, he just, like, 
can't eat gluten and can't do soy or whatever and also doesn't eat peanuts. These are all probably just fucking farces because everybody who says these things doesn't actually need to, right? Right. (sighs) Yeah, he... Joseph would be the kind of person in a restaurant where, like, if you want to get a salad sent back because there's croutons on it, he would just, Mm -hmm. like, pick them off and give it back to you. Right. Like, what the fuck? Or, like, that thing that happened on, like, Starbucks or coffee shops where it was, like, I'll just fuck, if they say they want soy milk or whatever, I'll just give them fucking milk and see if they actually do anything. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Just, you know, what every person with dietary issues needs is that constant fear. Just super good. Yeah. So, Joe keeps doing this bullshit thing of, like, I'm going to pick out any book. You need to tell me what this book was, even if you haven't read it since high school. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Benji, one, doesn't know them, but two is, like, fearing for his life and so he's like dude yeah. stop <laughs> like, a, bit, a bit of a different state of mind you know for sure finally i think he stops and like leaves benji where he is because he needs to go work upstairs and then we get the grossest scene of him shitting on people that like stephen king books here's the fucking thing about Tell me this. more. stephen king blurbed this book what and this is something I brought up early in the podcast. I don't remember Twitter this. Or something. He he blurbed this book. He blurbed it. No. He did. He did. I mean, I believe you, but, like, I hate it. Let me pull it up. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was very funny because I forgot about it. And then I read this scene, and I was like, is this supposed to be, like, a neg at Stephen King? Or, like, an advertisement for Stephen King? Because I honestly not can't great. tell. Yeah, it's bad. Because also, I, I don't know, it's, like, so extensive that he just talks about Stephen King for a full chapter. For real. But it's also just, like, oh, these fucking normies and, like, only read these books or whatever. Um, i trying to see how many times they say Stephen King. Uh, 26 yeah. in this chapter. Great. So, great. Thank you. Um, I'm looking at the blurb here, because it's on the first uh-huh. page of this Kindle. Um, right. Stephen King says, hypnotic and scary, in all caps. Yep. yep. Never read anything quite like it. Yeah. Stephen... I don't uh, think he got that far, maybe, then. <laughs> I, I don't think he read to this bit. <laughs> <laughs> they maybe just took out this one chapter. It was like, don't worry about it. I feel like Stephen King's PA went up to him and was like, so, Stephen, how are you feeling about today? And he was like, Honestly, Brad, today feels <laughs> hypnotic and scary. And they're like, all right, there we go. There it is. Got it. Got to the books. Yep. It's done. Uh, any email that someone wants for a blurb, just use that one. Yeah. Um, so, continued Joe, just like shitting on everyone for reading Stephen King. Um, and also shitting on people for reading Dan Brown, because sure... Right, why not? Just keep it going. Um, And it seems like everyone at this bookstore just wants to buy Stephen King today, which, honestly, like, annoying. But, like, you got stock, so why not sell it? Um, Yeah. Like, this is making you money, you know? Exactly. Um, Okay, so after this... um, the, so Budgie actually is, is like, requesting food. Um, and so this is the part where Joe starts talking about, like, he says, the kid is allergic to gluten and peanuts and yeast and dust and sugar and visine. Which, honestly? Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like most of us are allergic to dust, whether we want to know that or not. There's just a lot sure. of shit in there, you know? Yeah, um, you don't know what's in there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so the thing that Joe says, he's like, Please. You know what the fucker is really allergic to? Real life. Gross. 
I hate it. Yeah. There's just continued lots of conversations. Um, he's still reading a lot of Beck's emails um, about her and her friends going through normal drama, I would say. Um, and then this chapter ends with him or with Joe basically just like wanting to snap Curtis's neck. Uh, yeah. Because, God forbid, the subway come a few minutes late. Yeah. And it's all his fault. Um, and so he tells Curtis, of course, like, the, sell them all, sell all of the Stephen King, and then close up for the day, even though the dude's like, but I need money. Also, like, I, I love to imagine that, I guess in my my mind, it was like, we have so many Stephen Kings, just keep the fucking shop open until we sell these fuckers out. <laughs> so it's like, you're here till four in the morning, bud. Like, right. why is he complaining about hours? He's probably gonna be there a long time. Yeah. It seems like there's been a steady stream of people all day. I don't know why that would change now. Yeah. Right. So, one of the things to talk about here, though, is when Beck is corresponding with her friends here about her date tonight with uh-huh. Joe. Um... <laughs> and Joe freaks out because he's, like, reading all these emails while getting ready for the tonight, and he says that her correspondence with her friends is so un-Victorian. Uh, he says, you are a Bowie girl, futuristic in your clinical control of your skin and your eyelashes you get sewn on in Chinatown, so crass that you tell your friends you're going to rub one out before our date. Oh, my God. So crass. So, so disrespectful. Uh, you horrid woman. You wretched, wretched woman. Don't you know, Ben, that it's a crime to masturbate? Don't you know? Yeah, it's illegal. I hate... I Especially hate before Joe. a date with so me. You, before you see When I can fuck her so good. <laughs> me? Um, this is so much better now that at least, at least I know that Beck, like got, like, made herself feel good, now that I know what happens with Joe when they first (sighs) have sex. I hope that is consistent. I hope that's in here. Yeah, I I agree. If he's, like, super good at sex, I'm gonna be very mad. (laughs) It doesn't seem on brand for him. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So the end of this is Curtis showing up late, um, Joe leaving, um, and because he has, like, two hours left before he's meeting Beck. So he needs to go do the damn thing. Yeah. And that's where we leave off here. Well. Um, so where we just stopped at, we are 21% of the way through this book. Good Lord. <laughs> and so next week we've got chapters 11 and 12. But, like, on my Kindle right now, we are on page 85 of 426. Oh, my God. That's so much. Reading is difficult. <laughs> Here's the thing. So I, like... All of my students, we read, like, 15 minutes per class period, and so, on a good day, I read in all those times, so I get, like, 45 minutes of reading done, which, like, awesome. Um, But I cannot do any of the reading for our podcast at school, (laughs) um, because when I- get arrested. Yeah, because it's an actual crime, um, which gives me a chance to, like, read YA, but also, it's just, like, what I would give, you know? Yeah. Um, so- we need to thank our patrons. Ow! And we received a request today um, based on this awful and horrifying thing that was sent to us on Twitter. Of, um, it was like a James Charles insert into the Twilight universe. 
Um, so him instead of the other James, I think. Yeah. Yep. And so we got a request today saying, may I submit patrons as Twilight sister sayings? Oh, God. So I, <laughs> I know some of James Charles's catchphrases just from, like, being a middle school teacher. Right, sure. So would you like to start or would you like me to start? Um, I'll start. Why okay, not? Please. Shout out to Sophia Salinger. Ow, 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 ow. Who's gonna be, you can still sister save her. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> god, I hate it. The fucked up thing, so I'm looking at this J14 article that like has all of Dame Charles's catchphrases in it. The fucked up thing about this is like, I say some of these, and I don't think I knew that some of these were like his TM, TM, TM. Yeah. Anyways, so the next person that I would like to thank is Aaron Salinger. Ow! Thank you for your service in our space, and also welcome to the book, since you just got introduced. Um, The sister saying that I'm going to use for you, Aaron, is good and fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Whatever the fuck that goes for. (sighs) Shout out to Alex Blythe. Who's gonna be? God, this is so hard to read. <laughs> My brain is trying to translate it, and I can't. Oh God, this one's good. Sister scrumptious. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I would like to thank next Marie Moni. Ow. Thank you, Marie, for your work here. Yeah. Um. And I'm gonna go with the Jane Charles phrase, not with that attitude. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. Shout out to Taylor Brown Town Lautner. Pew, 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 pew. He's going to be, hold on, wait until I type my age into J14 so they let me into this website. <laughs> Excuse me. This is a valid age. <laughs> let me it's going to tell you you're too old and it's going to shut down your computer. It's like you can't do it. No, I... <laughs> You're too old. You're not 14. Okay, I'm just gonna, I can still scroll and see it, so it's not really, so anything. Fuck you, J14. Taylor Brown is gonna be, use code Jane for 10% off. Oh my god. (laughs) 10% off my student loans, you know? Am I right? Am I right? Um, alright, Katie Weber, thank you for your work, always and forever. forever. Um, I mean, it feels obvious, but I'm going to use the phrase sister shook. Nice. Because. Classic. uh, Just a really good one. Um, If you were on this J14 page, please look at the screen grab that they chose for that one because it is haunting, to Um, say the least. God, this scrolling is not doing me good right now. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah, that is haunting. I hate it. It's awful. I hate it. Shout out to Simon motherfucking steel. Oh my god. So yoked for days. Stop Armed it. Days. <laughs> You've gotta stop. You have to, you stop. Uh, who's gonna be spooked magooked? Oh my god. <laughs> I feel, I honestly am annoyed by that because, first of all, that has my cat's name in it and that's rude. Yeah. Um, and so like, James Charles, don't, don't. How He's coming for your cat's brand. Please don't take my cat, James. <laughs> the cat, the brand. Oh, okay. I'm going to run your cat's Twitter account. <laughs> oh, my God. 
what I honestly that would be the worst thing. Uh, <laughs> my cats are canceled. Uh, all right. <laughs> One of them bit my ankle last night when I was trying to go pee. So like, Spooks is definitely canceled. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he can go live on his own. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, um, I have a fan fiction for you tonight yes, please. that I found on my own. I'm pretty sure I haven't done this one before, but, like, honestly, it's been, like, three years, so sue me. This was published on December 23rd, 2012. It is titled, Found by Extraordinary Invisible Lights. The summary goes a little like this. Belle looks for their meadow and finds herself witnessing three superheroes ready to rip each other's throats. She, being the undeniable klutz, Troops and hits her head pretty hard on a rock. The three heroes find her, and Captain America himself decides to not leave her on the forest floor with extensive injuries. Tony's unwillingness to be damned. Uh, and this is in the Twilight and Avengers crossover section. Um, where the author says, disclaimer, I don't own the Avengers, and I certainly don't own Twilight. So, there you go. Alright. I stumbled back from the scene hoping to just pass through without them noticing me. I suddenly remembered what I came to the woods for and tried to push away the weight that I had been able to ignore as I watched the men before me. I tried to breathe more deeply in an attempt to stop the things I'd been thinking about from rushing back. I noticed how dark it was, how eerie, but I shook my head and pushed away all thoughts of the bad things that could happen to me. Nothing could possibly break me any more than he already had. But of course, with my luck, I had managed to trip, slamming onto my back as my head hit a rock. I gasped at the impact, tears appearing in my darkening vision as I struggled to stay awake. I felt myself weakening, knowing that blood was definitely flowing from my head injury. Ugh, a civilian. I bet she was going to go and tell the press or something. I vote we call an ambulance and leave. A robotic voice stated with distaste. Another voice joined in, sounding annoyed. We can't leave a civilian injured, Stark. I think it'd be best if we brought her with us, care for her injuries before we bring her back to where she lives. Her injuries are too severe to leave her in the woods alone. Sorry, Spangles. Sort of forgot your hero complex. End scene. Can you imagine no. the crossover of the history? I don't want it. Alright, well. <laughs> Put it back. <laughs> yeah, I'll just uh, I'll just delete that from our history, and then we never have to think about it again. How about that? <laughs> we'll bleach our computers and yeah. call it a day. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I, as we say in Seattle, get bit. And get whipped. Wahoo! This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as IntoTheTwilight.show. You can send us an email at IntoTheTwilightShow at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at IntoTheTwilight.BigCartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at YourGhostToast44 on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at EliSourKraus and KrausFilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ally on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone